Okay. You guys ready? This is, some, again, I did not create this. I cannot take credit for this, but I find it to be very, very, very helpful. As you um, think through what should I give my time to or, n or not. But before I, before I fill in any of these, I need, to, I need to give you the paradigm of roles, R-O-L-E-S, and goals, G-O-A-L-S, roles and goals. So um, essentially everything we do should fit into our roles and our goals. So let me explain what I mean. What are my roles? In other words, what am I? Well, uh, I'm a husband. I am a father. I'm a pastor. I'm a student at, at seminary myself. I'm a teacher at Montana Bible College. And I'm a friend to my friends. I'm a son to my parents. They live in the area. That's relevant. Okay. Though, those are my roles. That's what I am. You need to start thinking through what are my roles? What am I? Within all my roles, what are my goals? In other words, what do I do within each of those? Well, the, the, the simple answer is I want to maintain, my, my goal is I want to maintain all of my roles well. I want to be a good husband, father, teacher, student, etc. I, I want to make sure I'm doing my job in all of those things. So we, we need to think through what we are and what our goals are. It's to fulfill those roles, okay? So when you get a request to do something, apologize in advance, my handwriting is not great. When you get a request to do something, hey, do you want to come, uh, do, do you want to come hang out? Would you come, uh, um, can we get coffee together to talk about this? Um, would you counsel me with this issue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It could be anything, could be anything. We get a request, and here's how we begin to think about it. Um, you ask, is it consistent with my roles? So, that's the first question I'm asking. I get this request. Okay, does this, is this consistent with my roles? Um, so let me think of an example that one that, so one, hey, I, would, I could really use some wisdom and counseling for this situation. Okay, is that consistent with my role? Well, yes, I'm a pastor. So that's, that is something that I do. Okay, something that, well, give me an example, something that might not be consistent with my role. Um, yeah, I am not the best person to help with that. Hey, yeah, come help me. Come help me. I had one. This is funny. A guy moved to our church from California. Don't get me started. But uh, he's, he's a great friend. I just don't like California. Um, he had never experienced snow like we have in Montana. And the first time it snowed very heavy, one responsibility you have on your property, it, uh, um, if, if the sidewalk, the sidewalk in front of my house, I'm obligated to remove that, to shovel that snow off the sidewalk. And it snowed a lot. It snowed like 14 inches in 24 hours. And, and when snow is wet, it's pretty heavy. And he was so panicked, he called me. 
would you come help me shovel? Jeez, <laughs> grow up, man, you know. You go do it, you know. But anyway, but you, you have to think through, is this, does this match with my roles? If the answer is no, no, this is not part of my roles, well, then um, you don't really have an obligation to do it. But I would ask, does it take less, would it take less than two minutes <laughs> to do? Okay. If it would take less than two minutes, it might not be within my roles, but I, I can do it if I can handle it, if I can handle it very, very quickly. So if it would take less than two minutes, maybe do now. That's an option. Um, if it would not, let's see. So yes, if it would take less than two minutes, maybe I would do it now. If it would not take less than two minutes, you can have some options. You can simply delegate, which means what? Delegate, yeah, assign it to someone else. You can simply decline, or you can, ooh, he puts delete. I don't know the difference between decline and delete. Oh, decline is like, maybe I'll do it later. Delete is just like, no, I'm not gonna do that really at any point. So you get a request, is it consistent with my roles? If the answer is no, you still could do it. Um, if, it would, if it could be done very quickly, if it couldn't be done quickly and it doesn't line up with, with who you are and, and, uh, and, uh, and what your goals are to do, there, there are ways to say no. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, something, s <laughs> if my neighbor needs help uh, uh, carrying a washing machine, I'm not going to say, no, that sorry, that doesn't match my roles. No, it does actually, because one of my roles is neighbor, and I want to be a good neighbor. Okay, so um, you need to think through, does this match up with my roles or not? Most, m many things do match up with our roles, but if, uh, if it is consistent with my roles, yes, ooh, that was a horrible why, I'm ashamed of that why, there we go. It is consistent with my roles, okay, then you ask, is it consistent with my goals? So let me think of an example. Okay, good, good example. So I am, so yes, I'm a pastor. So one thing I do is preach on Sunday. Um, someone asks me, hey, I'm another pastor in town. I'm gonna be out of town. Would you preach for me this Sunday? Well, preaching is something that I do. That's true, but is this, is preaching at someone else's church this Sunday consistent with my goals? No, it might not be, because then that means I'm not there to preach to my flock, and, and one of my other elders or people is not prepared to preach. So if it's not consistent with my goals, so no, um, You can either, you can hold on to it, and you can, and, and you can pray. You don't have to commit right then and there. Mm, that's not exactly lined up with what I need to do right now. Give me a minute to pray about that. 
or, or you know, a week or whatever. You don't, you're not obligated to say yes right away. And you, and you could just say, no, I can't do that. If it is consistent with my goals, or, yeah, with my goals, then, um, then you need to consider kind of the same question we asked earlier. Would it take less than two minutes to complete? If the answer is yes, then just do it. If it's consistent with my role and my goals, and I can do it right now, do it right now. If it's within my roles and my goals, but I can't get to it right now, like, no, I can't do it right now, then you schedule it. You put it on the calendar. Um, that's, that, that has been a helpful thing to think through for me. Let me, so one example, guys in my church, they like to play poker, the card game, you know? And they invite me to play poker all the time. And I keep saying no. I don't know why they keep inviting me. I've never said yes. No. No, I don't, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't line up with my roles or my goals. Like, I am your friend, but I can be your friend in other ways other than playing poker. So I just keep saying no. And they keep inviting me, and that's fine. But I use this paradigm to think through, no, I, no, I don't. I don't have any obligation to do that. I'm not a bad. I'm not a being a bad friend if I say no. So no, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, does that make sense? Th this is a helpful, and you can take this and tweak it. And if you want one with better handwriting, I can send you the graphic that I have. It's the same thing, just a little bit nicer. Um, what do, you, uh, do you guys have thoughts or questions about this? He, yeah. I am I I generally think like that. Like so, let me get, like an example. If I get an email that comes in and it's a pretty important email, it's like, ooh, can I respond to this in two minutes or will it take a longer answer? If I can respond real quick with four or five sentences, yeah, I'll do it right now and send it off. Otherwise, I'll flag the email and save it till I can come back later and really think about it. Be because all of this assumes that we are actually practicing time management with the rest of our day. So so if I'm if it's, if it's the time of the day for me to work on my sermon, and, and I really need to respect that time, I'm working on my sermon, an email comes in. One, I shouldn't be checking my email while I'm working on my sermon, if I'm being honest. But uh, say it's a knock on the door, or my phone goes off, you know, or something. Um, if it's something that I can take care of really quick and be done with it and send it on its way, like, lit like literally within a couple minutes, yeah, okay. I can probably afford to stretch my legs and, and do it anyway, and, get, and that would be fine. If it's not something I can do very quickly, it's like, nope, I'm going to respect the time structure that I've already put in place. I, this is time for my sermon, not for answering long emails, so I'm going to do that later. Yeah. There are, there are exceptions to this, obviously, emergencies like we talked about. If you need to rush to the bedside, you rush to the bedside, you know, for the sick or the dying person or, or whatever. Yeah, that, that could be. I, I, will I can just speak from my experience. My experience is the opposite, where I want to say yes to everybody. And as a result, sometimes days, a day will go by where I had a list of things I needed to get done, and I didn't get to any of it. 
And when I do that, I'm actually doing a disservice to my church and my family because I, I, with intentionality, I planned what needed to get done today to fulfill my roles, and I didn't actually get to it because I said yes to too many um, spontaneous things, if that makes sense. So, but what you're, what you're describing, that, that could be a danger. Could be, yeah. So anyway, just use this. It doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't have to control your life, but hopefully it's helpful to you. Um, it's pretty easy to even commit to memory. Just think through, does this match my roles and my goals? Uh, uh, like a pretty easy or obvious example. Uh, let me think about this. If I got invited by some people in the church to go to a political rally, for example... I could see situations actually where that where I would go, to be honest, depending on the situation. But I don't, I don't think I'm obligated to do that. I think I can still be a good pastor, friend, father, etc., without necessarily going to that political rally. Y- you know, there may be times when I choose to go because I, you know, I think it would be an important situation or whatever. But I'm just, we just need we need to filter because here's the thing, especially once you're a pastor, you guys, every everybody will want your time. Everybody will want your time. Um, I get texts and phone calls every day during a normal week. Hey, Joel, what are you doing? You want, you want, to, you want to grab lunch together? You want to go get coffee? And yeah, go get coffee translates into three hours later, I'm finally getting back home. And I, I just can't do that. I can't do that. And so you, you get good at offering consolation prizes. I, you know what, uh, brother? I can't do that today. But um, why don't we text and find a time to get coffee next week? And people at first might seem like their feelings are hurt because of that. Oh, he didn't make time for me. But I'm telling you, over time, they will really come to respect it. When they, when they see he's managing his time well, of course he loves me. Of course he wants to spend time with me. But, but they will really come to respect like the fact that this man manages his days and, uh, and, he, and he does make time for people, but it just takes a little bit more work. I would, this is, this is just, this is bonus, bonus material. We tend to operate this way. Uh, we have, you know, a whole bunch of things going on. We say yes to everything. And as a result, we really uh, don't do any of them very well because we say yes to too much. Um, I would rather we say yes to just a few things and we do them really well. That, ooh, that's not an arrow, what am I doing? That, that, that's, that's better. Um, pick a few things that you can do that match your roles and goals and do them very well rather than do a bunch of things very poorly. I guess that's the concept I'm trying to trying to communicate so um, any thoughts or questions on that you, you you can disagree with some of that that's okay it's not it's not gospel I would say this is a good goal if we can do this 85% of the time then when that other 15% of the time we need to be flexible or spontaneous like that's okay I, it's not, like I will not live and die by this model but I think that in general in general, I try to maintain this as, 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 a, as a general rule. But of course, there are times when we have to weigh in wisdom in the moment. Ooh, I might need to set aside my plans to go do this spontaneously. Yeah, that happens. 
Yeah, so th there, are, there are emergencies. There, there are times to change my plans very suddenly. Absolutely, absolutely, yes, absolutely. In general, when I, when I, the, what my week lo looks like um, preparing my sermon, Monday is my day off. Um, mon Monday is, I take off one day a week, it's Monday. And sometimes, if I'm finished in time, uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, Tuesday morning, I do all of the administrative work for the church. I catch up on emails. I send out the church, the weekly church email. I, I build the order of service, the liturgy. And I, I do that all Tuesday morning. And then I start my sermon Tuesday afternoon. By the end of Tuesday afternoon, I like to have um, mostly finished. I, I, I have a step-by-step uh, process for for exegesis that I do to to draw the main meaning out of the text. So by the end of Tuesday, I like to have my proposition and my main points. I don't have them fleshed out yet. I don't have everything put together, but I know this is my proposition, the big idea for the sermon, and these are the main points I'm going to touch on. Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, um, I'm usually giving about half of each of those work days to uh, to the sermon and the in the uh, second half of the day I'm giving to seminary and like counseling mostly um, so collectively I'm giving probably I'm giving between f 15 to 17 hours a week to the sermon um, so yeah I start with yeah by the end of my goal is by the end of Tuesday to have my proposition in my main points and then um, and then and then I'm going from there building um, a mechanical outline, translate that into a homiletical outline, translate that into a manuscript. Um, so um, I'd, I like to be done with my sermon by the end of the day Friday. It doesn't always work out that way. Um, I'm more often than not finishing it up Saturday morning. Um, yeah, that's what that looks like for me. I, I can't sit and write an entire sermon in a day. I just ha I have to use the other side of my brain or else, if, I, if I try to do too much in one day, I'm just working on my sermon all day, I'll come back the next morning and look at it and I'll say, who wrote this? This is, this is garbage. Because I just, my, er, my brain just, by, by mid-afternoon, my brain's not doing so well for like really uh, critical thinking. So with the exception of Tuesday, I give, every, I give Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all, all morning to working on sermons and then other things in the afternoon. That, that's it. That's generally what my week looks like yeah 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 any other thoughts or questions about discipleship in general that's a great question and I like the, the last thing I would do is, is tell you how to do ministry in your context I, um, I I'll speak very generally in in general I think the pastor needs to, needs to guard his time enough so that he can get done what he needs to get done. So, so maybe, this is just off the top of my head, so maybe it's something like, like say you have a, a, a church office. I would maybe have o like office hours. In other words, people are free to pop in for, for counseling, etc., from noon to five or something, but from seven to noon, the building is shut, the door is locked, and I'm working on, you know, I'm working on my, and people, so people just know you are free to come and pop in and, you know, and see me and, and whatever during this time of the day. M maybe that's a solution. I don't know. 
just, just so they know that morning is not an option for them to do that. So you can have, in other words, you can have scheduled spontaneous time. <laughs> it's, it's scheduled and spontaneous, I guess. I don't know. But, but yeah, and what, and what can't, if we don't guard our time, what, what can happen? If I spent, if I had somebody call me at 1 p.m. and say, hey, can I drop in and talk to you about something? And I say, uh, sure. And I, and I set aside my other work and I talk to this person and they stay for three hours and then they leave and I still, I must finish my sermon this day because that's the only time I have. But now my family's all home, my wife and kids are home and they're, they're expecting, hey, we, we, we need to see you too. <laughs> you know, um, we, you just have to be very, very careful to not, again, the expression, do not sacrifice your family on the altar of mission. Uh, that would be, that's a, you know, and again, there are always exceptions. There are always special cases and emergencies and things. Um, but we don't, we don't want our families to feel like they are competing with the church for our time and for our affection. They, they need to know that they are more important. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean that. Our families are, are more important. I don't, yeah, I stand by that statement. Yeah, I tell people, when people say, hey, when, when, when people say, hey, I really need to talk, when can we do that? I say, you text me the times that you are available next, next week or in the next few days, and, and I'll let you know what works. And then I tell them, generally speaking, here are the times of the week that work for me. And so I kind of, I tell them, here's the times I'm free, what works for you? And we, kind of case by case. Oh, if I want to go to them? Yeah, then I do, I do the exact, I say, hey, I'd really like to get together to talk about this. When I just asked them, when can we do it? Mm -mm. Well, yeah, sometimes. So if I'm doing if I'm doing counseling for someone for say like they're getting married, so like pre-marriage counseling, or or their face or a sin issue, whatever. Yeah, I will set that up. We'll find a time that works, and maybe it's every Wednesday night for six weeks or eight weeks or something. Wait, which just another tip. If you, if you agree to meet with someone regularly, like for counseling or something, um, have, a, have a cutoff date. In other words, say you don't, want to you don't want to commit to meeting with someone every Thursday night until the end of time. Because then they own you every Thursday. So what I would say to someone is, you know, if someone, hey, I, re I really need someone to talk about, uh, with, about lust, battle, my battle with, okay. Let's, let's, I have Thursday nights free. Why don't we meet Thursday nights for the next six weeks and, and then see where things are? Um, that way you, you have the freedom, you know, there's, a, there's an end in sight. Because if some people, if they can, they would meet with you every Thursday night until the end of time. And so you, you always want to put a, a finish line on something. And if you, need, if you need to meet with them more weeks beyond that, maybe you do. But you can you can decide that at that point. Um, but um, anyway, that's just, that's just a tip. I just be very slow to commit to doing something forever, because then if you try to back out of it, you're you're going to hurt feelings. You said you'd meet with me Thursday. Well, I didn't mean every Thursday. So, um, but yeah, I, I again. So like we just my wife and I decided um, Sunday nights we just know that we're going to give to the church, and then two other weeknights. Um, Wednesday and Thursday nights, we give, we say we'll re reserve those for if someone needs to talk, counseling, whatever, I offer those evenings to people. 
because you just have to get used to as a pastor as well a lot of the most of the people in your church they work regular like day jobs and so a lot of times the only time they are available to talk is in the evenings um so i like so even down to the point of i know that if i have a if i have an appointment tonight that i know is going to be two hours long if i can end my work hours early like I'm, i'm just i'm not going to work myself to death when i don't have to I'll end my day early, take a break, and then I'll go into that counseling session and finish up those last two hours. Anyway, I also track my hours. I keep track of uh, all my work days, and I, and I let my other elders review them because I'm the only person on staff. It would be really easy for me to waste time um, and because I work from home mostly, so I actually track everything I do um, during the day in, in like a day planner so that uh, I could, just for integrity, to make sure I'm working at least I'm usually working for 45, 48 hours a week, something like something like that. Yep. Good question. Here's what we do. My wife and I have what we call the phone rule. Um, during the work day, we both have our phones and we're both using them to interact with people, etc. We just when when everybody's home, me, my wife, and the kids, we're all at home. We say we treat our phones like like the old landlines, like it's plugged into the wall. So if it rings, I'll go see who it is. If I know what it's about, I'll decide, can this wait until tomorrow? And if the answer is yes, I let it wait until tomorrow. If the answer is no, this can't wait until tomorrow, I know this is very important, I take the phone call. And if I'm not sure, I'll answer it. Hey John, how's it going? Oh. And, if, and then, at that point, if it can wait until tomorrow. You know what, John? I actually can't really talk about that right now, but can you call me tomorrow? Or if it is like more of an emergency, okay, then, then we take it right now. So we just kind of do that on a case-by-case basis. And then, and the phone rule is even deeper. Once the children are in bed and it's just me and my wife, we are, we are done with the phones. We are done. We do not lay on the couch or lay in bed next to each other playing on our phones. We don't because we realize that it's just too much of a temptation. We need to talk, we need to read together, we need to pray together, things like that. So that, that's, that's what that looks like with us. So if it can wait till tomorrow, we let it wait until tomorrow. If it can't wait until tomorrow, we take it now. And if we aren't sure, we just ask and say, and say uh, brother, I'd love to talk to you about that. Um, I just, I really can't right now. Would you call me back at like 8 a.m. tomorrow or whatever? And. Um, some people might not like that, but again, they get, they get used to it. They say, "Yeah, I'll call you. I'll call you later." Okay, thank you. I say, "Yeah, I'm just I'm with my family now, and we have we have plans for the evening, and I, I can't talk right now." So that, that's that's how I've han- that's how I've handled it. Yeah. yeah. And if if someone gets upset by that, maybe this sounds harsh, but if someone gets upset about that, that's okay with me. Uh, I don't mean to sound harsh, but I would I would rather upset that person than my family. Uh, if if, that, if that, that person will get over it, we'll talk tomorrow and everything will be okay. But my family needs me right now. So, no. And some people are needy. Like you will learn, uh, the same people in the church will come to you time and time again. Uh, you'll, you'll learn that. Um, and so, <laughs> you'll just realize, who is it? Oh, okay. And so you probably know before you answer it that it's not that important. But you still, yeah, yeah, brother, yeah. Hey, uh, hey, um, can we talk about this tomorrow? You know, that sort of thing. So, but if I see a phone call from someone who never calls me for anything, ooh, 
that might really be important. This person only calls me when it's very serious. I need to take this, you know. So it's situational. Situational. James, were you going to say something? I do. <laughs> yep. And I feel like that humility, I can even think of my pastor um, growing up, like, I didn't call him to be a pastor at 17, 18. Yeah. Like, I was just, because I, he, by saying no, he showed that he really felt like that humility. So I think we can help mm. each other. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And that's well said. Yeah. Yep, that's well said. Good thoughts, guys. Good questions. Any anything else before we take a short break? My my calendar on my phone is my best friend. So if someone says, "Yeah, can we talk sometime?" I say, "Yeah," and I schedule if I can right then. When works for you? Next Tuesday at 10, 10 a.m.? Okay. And I put it in my calendar in that moment. And then every day, I wake up every day, I start my work day, I look at my phone, okay, what do I have today? Um, so just, just ha- you should have an answer to the question, hey, as a, say five years into you all being a pastor, someone says, how do you manage your time? Your answer should not be, oh. You should have an answer, whatever, whatever it is, and it might look different. Not only for me, it might look different from each other and your own plans. You need to find something that works, I guess, is the point. Sure. This thought just came to my mind as well. Just good advice, I think, for any pastor anywhere. Get up early. In other words, if you know that a a number of different voices and people are going to try to, like, claim some of your time during the day, get up before them. Even if you can get two hours of work done before the rest of the world starts their day, that will make a, that makes a huge difference because then you have more freedom and more margin to say yes to spontaneous things. Does that make sense? So anyway, I just, I just, pastors should get up early, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I would say we need to be very, very intentional about who we ask to lead each group. So if whoever's leading the discipleship group needs to just, it needs to be very clear to them that they need to guard it. So if we're in a discipleship group and I start, and, and, you're, and you're leading the group, and anyone can jump, can do this, but, and I start talk, if I start talking about something that has nothing to do with why we're here, or I start gossiping about somebody else's sin or whatever, you, you as the leader would need to have the boldness to say, hey, I'm not sure, I'm not sure talking about that is, is the best thing we could be doing here. Let's, let's try to, let's, let's try to move back toward you know, so so I and my short answer is it, it's the leader needs to needs to guide the discussion. So so that's why it's important. I think that the elders maintain close contact with the discipleship group leaders, keep them keep them trained up and motivated. Um, yeah, yeah, because it's tough. It, it's easy for it to turn into that.